He's definitely been speaking to me. <laughs> uh, and this, last night and this morning, I, I was just an absolute mess. Just full of tears. Uh, and I thought, I'm going to get there and I'm just going to do 35 minutes of crying. <laughs> well, hopefully God will speak to you through that if it happens. But uh, <clears throat> thank you very much. I'm not going to put that on there because I, <clears throat> I tend to... Uh, Get quite excited and rock the lectern. There you go, see? Um, I I really feel that God does want to speak to you this morning. Uh, And he wants to deal with us. And and I'm 100% clear in my mind that Jesus wants to do what Jesus always wants to do. He wants to set people free. And that's what he's all about. And that's all he's ever been about. So what, this morning there's, there's three things that I want us to focus on. Guilt. If you're dealing with guilt, uh, condemnation. If you're dealing with that in your life, Jesus wants to set you free. And you can be free. And I only am sharing these things with you because God's done it for me. Even this week he's done it for me again and again. And, and you can get saved and things can creep in, can't they? You know, and we find ourselves back in that place where we were. And, but Jesus is faithful. He's always faithful. That's the one, the one thing I realise is Jesus isn't going anywhere. Not till the day I die. He's not going anywhere. He's going to be by my side. Whether I mess up, whether I get it right, whether I get it wrong, he's going to be with me. Amen? Amen. There's other things we need to be set free from too. How about this? Always being someone who has to do everything. Someone who's driven. I've always got to prove myself. I've got to prove myself to everybody else. I've got to prove myself to God. I've got to show that I'm worth something. We need to be set free from that. God set me free from it. (laughs) It's not always easy to get set free from these things. We can hold on to them, but God is graceful, isn't he? And there's one more thing. I feel God wants to do this morning. He, he wants us to let go of having to always steer the ship. Yeah. Always having to be in control. Always having to be manipulating the situation. Yeah. Make it go the way we want it to go. Why do we do that? I don't know why we do that, but we do, don't we? And, and we always got to... We've always got to be the master of our own destiny somehow, haven't we? We've got to decide what's going to happen. In our mind, we see what's going to happen and, and we'll try and make it go that way. Uh, and God wants to set you free from that. We tend to always want to control the narrative. That's what I've written down. Uh, <clears throat> you know, there's times in my life where God's just completely derailed me. Well, I've been going on a track, going in a way, and, it, and everything has come crashing down. Amen. Aren't they, the, aren't they the moments in life we look forward to? No, no they're not. They're essential, though. We need them. And, you know, sometimes the, the, clo- the closer I've got to God, the more I've realised they're, they're, they're the great moments. When God puts me back on his track, takes me off of my own track, because my own track only leads one way. Uh, I want to share with you this morning <clears throat> about a man. We're going to go through his life. Uh, and uh, his name is Peter. You may know him well from the Bible. Uh, and before I start to assassinate his character this morning, I just want to let you know that he is, he, he is a hundred, hundred times the man I'll ever be. Sorry, I knew I'd get emotional. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, he, 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 he led the, the first church, the early church, uh, and, and, and he, what a warrior for God he was. What an absolute failure he was too. And let's, let's find out about him this morning. Let's, let's follow his story and see if he's racked with these three same things. Guilt, always having to do everything, prove yourself, and always trying to steer the boat. 
Let, let's see if, if he's like me. <laughs> uh, and let's see what Jesus can do. Right. Uh, <clears throat> let's turn right to the start. Um, Matthew 16, verse 13. Uh, you can look it up if you want. Oh dear, it's really not that, is it? <laughs> Give me two seconds. I'm absolutely lost, I'll just tell you the story, it's much better. So uh, Jesus is preaching. Uh, this is, uh, the, Jesus has picked some of his disciples and, and he's preaching and there's so many gathered uh, that he, he, he has, they're encroaching on him and he, he says, right, I'll go in the boat. And so he gets into Peter's boat. Uh, <clears throat> Peter was a fisherman uh, um, and uh, he was the sort of guy that other people follow. And um, <clears throat> someone might find that for me. Um, <laughs> I'm very confused this morning. Um, no? Is, is that, have you found it? No? I'll keep, tell, I'll, I'll keep reading it anyway. In fact, that's supposed to be further on. I'll keep, I'll keep telling this story. This is an absolute shambles this morning, sorry. Sorry? Luke 5. That sounds about right. Now, I just, I just want to pick up on... I can't believe I've missed, got this wrong. I'm so sorry. There it is, Luke 5. <laughs> One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, with the people crowding around him uh, and listening to the word of God, they saw the um, he saw the water's edge, two boats, uh, left there by the fishermen who were, fishing, who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats... Uh, the one belonged to Simon, Peter, uh, and asked him to put out a little way from shore. Then he sat and taught the people from the boat. When he, had when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> and let down the nets for a catch. And there we go. Here's a little introduction to Simon. Simon answers, Master, we've been working hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say, I will let down the nets. Uh, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that the nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. Uh, and they came and filled both boats with so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For, all he and, for he and all his companions were astonished. But, but I just want to pick up on a few things. Peter, he's, in his own mind, he's, he's still not, he's, he's still trying to, what does he say? He said, we've been working all night and we haven't caught anything. And I think in his mind, he's thinking, I'm the fisherman here. <laughs> I've been working hard. You know, Jesus is preaching. He's supposed to be one of the disciples. He's cleaning his nets. He's the sort of person who just likes to get on and just do everything. You know, like maybe we should just sit and listen to Jesus. But no, he's there. He's cleaning the nets. And, um, 
And in his mind, he doesn't think they're going to catch any fish. In fact, he's sort of telling Jesus, ah, we've been searching all, there's no fish here. Uh, <clears throat> and the other key thing that I just want to mention is, it's, it's Peter's boat. At this point, I just want you to, to get this in your mind. Jesus is on Peter's boat. And Peter is the captain of his boat. Does that make sense? And Jesus has come and he said, will you do this? And, and he said, well, uh, okay, I'll do it because you asked me to do it. But it's my boat. Uh, and yet he follows what Jesus says and, uh, and they catch so much fish. And, oh, he's thrown into absolute disarray in his heart, isn't he? Oh, I'm such a sinful man to even think like that. I thought I knew better. And uh, this is part of Peter's overwhelming problem, is he's always trying to be in charge, and he's always trying to control what happens. And he always thinks he knows better. Let's have a little bit, let's have a little look further on. We'll see if we can see this same pattern. Now, this is it, Matthew 16, verse 13. Yeah, hey. <laughs> uh, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, uh, he asked his disciples, who do, you, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, uh, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He says, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answers, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replies, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by the Father in heaven. And I tell you, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind up will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Well, Peter probably thought, whoa, <laughs> I'm the man. Uh, you, you might be the manager, but I'm the captain. <laughs> You know, like, I'm going to be in charge of the church. Well, I've got leadership skills, haven't I? You know, I've been leading these other disciples. It's good that Jesus has recognised it, really, isn't it? You know? <clears throat> and, and you see that he's got, he has got leadership skills. But, but he's still trying to control things. Let's keep reading. Uh, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed on the third day uh, to be raised from life, raised to life. T uh, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall not happen to you. And what's Peter doing? <laughs> right, He's telling God what to do, isn't he? <laughs> no, 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 that's not part of my plan, Jesus. Look, you know, we're going to ride into victory. I'm going to be the captain. And uh, that's not going to happen to you because that's not part of my plan. What we're looking at here is Peter wants to be in control. He's telling Jesus what to do. He might have taken him aside, yeah, but... He's, you know, Jesus has uh, Peter's seen all Jesus do all sorts of things, heal people, but he's still trying to give him some advice. Like maybe Peter's got a better plan than whatever Jesus could come up with. It's craziness, really, isn't it? Jesus leaves him in no doubt. <laughs> Jesus turns to uh, Turner said to Peter, "Get behind me, Satan." You're a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. And we can be like that, can't we? 
what we've got in our own hearts, in our own minds. We've got our own plan of how these things are going to work out. And it might not be Jesus' plan. In our, in our plan, the thing I've come to realise is the central person of my plan is me. And the central person in God's plan is Jesus. Pete hadn't quite got it yet. Hadn't quite got it. Let's look at another story. They're out in the boat. And uh, Jesus isn't with them, but he comes walking on the water. Comes walking on the water. And... uh, Peter has to get involved, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, he's one of those people. Got to get involved. Whatever's happening, you can't just here's Jesus in all his glory walking. No, Peter wants to get involved. He's got to carry up the story, hasn't he? And he says, "Jesus, if that's you, call to me, and I'll come out too." The manager and the captain together. <laughs> He's trying to control what's happening. This is Jesus' story, but Peter's gearing it up again. He's getting involved, isn't he? He's trying to control what's going on. He doesn't realise he's doing it. He just does it. It's just natural. It comes naturally to all of us, trying to control what's going on. Control what's going on at work. Control what's going on in our marriages. Control what's going on with our children. We want to set the narrative, don't we? And we can't. We've got to let Jesus do it. And this is Peter's story. The man who tried the hardest. He walked on that water. And I'll say, oh, Peter was not not a fearful man compared to some of us. I mean, there was 11 other trembling disciples in the boat cowering. And he was there. He made a few steps on the water. And then he took a look around, didn't he? He started looking at the situation he was trying to control. He couldn't do it. Couldn't do it on his own and, uh, and uh, he started to slip. And we all get there, don't we? I and mean, if, you, if you try to do everything on your own, you're going to slip. You run on your own steam. Peter had a lot of steam, I'll tell you that. And he, and he ran on it hard. <laughs> but he came to the end of himself at points. And uh, <clears throat> let's move to the next story. I mean, this, is, this story is, when I think about this story, this is the craziest Peter story. It's a transfiguration on the mount. Matthew 17, verses 1 to 6. After six days, Jesus uh, took with him Peter, James, and John, uh, the, brother of James, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Imagine that. Jesus transfigured before you. Bright, bright white. Moses and Elijah appearing out of nowhere, talking with Jesus. Wow! You'd just sit back in awe, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you, Peter? No. (laughs) While he was still speaking, a bright cloud... I haven't, got, I haven't quite got the right. It's in another place. But essentially, what happens next? It's in uh, verse 4. Yes, there it is. Peter said to him, Lord, uh, Lord, it is good for, me, for us to be here. If you wish, I'll put up three shelters. 
One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. What a nutter. <laughs> Why you got to get involved, Peter? Oh, he's got to prove himself, hasn't he? I'm going to prove myself. I can stand up there with the big boys. I can do something. I'll impress Jesus. I'll, I'll build something. We can be like that, can't we? I've got an idea. Jesus, why don't we do what I'm thinking? <laughs> While he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. God's had enough by this point with Peter, I think. He said, I've got to turn up and sort him out. God turns up and he says, this is my son. Just listen to him. You don't have to do anything. Always trying to do something for God, aren't we? He doesn't need us to do anything. He just wants us to come and be with him. He says, listen to him. That's the only instruction. You don't have to build anything. Oh, they build three shelters. They're flying in a cloud. <laughs> Peter finds himself flat on his face again. You think he'd be getting the hang of this by now? Flat on his face again, in awe of God. The truth is God doesn't need you to be, build three shelters for him. He doesn't need Pat to do a load of ministries for him. He doesn't need Pat to come up with a load of ideas. But he loves me and he wants me to be with him. Peter's not quite got it yet, has he? But Jesus isn't abandoning him. This is what I love. For every mistake, Jesus is right there with him. Every step of the way. Jesus says to him, don't be afraid. They looked up. It was just Jesus there. And you know, when you get yourself into a mess, don't be afraid. When everyone else is gone, Jesus will still be there. He's not going anywhere. He just wants to be with you. And... Uh, this is my encouragement from Peter's life. All the striving, all the trying, all the pushing comes to nothing, absolute nothingness. But Jesus still loves him and Jesus still wants to use him for his glory. But a couple of things have got to happen first. You see these same patterns happening and Jesus washing the disciples' feet. You know that story? He's washing them. And the other disciples, they just let Jesus get on with things. But not Peter, no. He's got to be in control of the situation. No, no, Jesus, don't wash my feet. Let me wash your feet. And what's he saying? No, no, Jesus, let me tell you what to do. Why don't we do my plan and let me work and show you how good I am? And we can be like that, can't we? And it leads us into a place of utter hopelessness and failure. That's my experience. It will leave you down in the dumps, absolutely condemned that you didn't meet the mark that you set for yourself, let alone match up to Jesus. And that's the place I find myself in sometimes. And uh, Jesus comes along. He says, don't worry. Come on, keep going. And... Uh, <clears throat> Let's, let's pick it up. So, something that struck me is we, we can spend time with Jesus and we can talk at him all day long and not absorb one thing from him. And that, that voice of God saying, listen to him. Just listen to him. And I talk at him all the time. I don't know about you. Can you sort this out? Can we do this? Can we do that? I want you to do this. 
It's all futile. Just have a look here. I'm sure I've written it down somewhere. They get to a point, don't they, where Jesus has been saying stuff. Peter's not really been listening. And Jesus has been saying, it's time for me to go soon. I've got to die. Peter's been saying, no, no, that's, I, I don't think so. And, and God, Jesus has been saying, no, this has got to happen. And, uh, and, and, and Jesus says something like, they're going to strike the head and everyone will be scattered. And Peter says, not me. Not me, Jesus. He's still trying to be in control, isn't he? <laughs> Jesus is saying, this is what's going to happen. You're going to deny me three times. Not me, Jesus. I'm going to go all the way for you. <laughs> Who's ever been in that boat? <laughs> what's he saying? I'm going to prove myself. You don't need to prove yourself, Peter. Jesus said, I've prayed for you, that you won't be sifted. He says, when I return, wait for me. But, but Peter's not really got the hang of it. And he's saying, I'll go all the way. And in his heart, I think he believed himself. But the problem was, it wasn't about him. And this can be our problem. This was Peter's problem. It wasn't anything to do with Peter. This was Jesus' story. This was Jesus' moment. And yet Peter was somehow turning it to be about him. And I do that. I do that all the time. Uh, <clears throat> and you can't, you can't fault Peter for trying. You can't fault Peter for bravery. I mean, even in the garden. In the garden, when they came for Jesus. Now they had two swords with them. That was it. Peter had one and somebody else had one. And Peter still had in his mind his own plan, didn't he? He still had in his mind his own plan. And I don't know what that plan was, but it didn't involve them taking Jesus away from him. And he was going to fight tooth and nail, wasn't he? And they tried to take Jesus, and he drew his sword, and he swung at one of the servants, and he chopped his ear off. And I'll tell you what, he wasn't aiming for his ear. He was trying to take his head off. He was trying desperately to hold on to what he wanted to happen. We can be like that, can't we? Situations in our life. God, this is what I want to happen. And I'm desperately holding on to it. And I'm going to keep praying for it, even though you said, no, I'm not, I haven't listened to that, really. And do you know what? All Peter's hard work and effort even in that moment, fighting, chopping that ear off, all came to nothing. Jesus had to stick his ear back on. Then he stuck his ear back. No, Peter. He must have, Jesus must have been like, oh, come on. You know. No, Peter, look, put the ear back on there. Look, just, I've got a plan, you know, let's stick to my plan. Peter. He's still trying to steer that ship. He's still trying to steer that boat, isn't he? Trying to steer it. Things aren't working out the way I want them to. Well, they won't. And God will make sure they don't. Because it's not your boat he wants you on. He wants you on his boat. Your ship's got to sink. Let's go in Luke. Luke 22. 
There we are. Luke 22, verse 55. 54 even. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. He's still going, Peter. He's still trying. We can be like that. Still trying our own way. I'm not letting it go. And Jesus said, you've got to let it go. Now all the other disciples, they'd run. You've got to, you've got to give Peter top marks for trying. He's still going. The problem is now, it's all out of Peter's control, isn't it? He can't control the situation anymore. The situation's got too big for him. You ever had that? I've been trying so hard to control this, and it's all fallen apart. And uh, God brings us to that place. That's the thing I realised. I wonder what was going through Peter's mind. He'd followed to the end or what he thought. But suddenly, he wasn't steering. All this time, he still thought he was steering the ship. His perception was that he was still steering. Jesus had been steering the whole time on this journey that Peter was on. But he'd come to this realisation. Everything that Jesus has said is coming true and everything that I've tried is falling apart. Everything that I've I've done, all my plans, they're not happening now. Let's see what happens. But when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them and a servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him. But he denied it. I thought you were going all the way, Peter. You see, the thing is, Peter's run out of steam. He's been running on his own steam for so long and he's come to the realisation that all his plans and his ideas have just fallen, dropped off a cliff and and he failed. And he gives up in his mind. And all of a sudden, you see, the whole problem with what Peter was doing was it was... Peter was at the centre. Peter had been controlling the narrative and and it was all about Peter. And when it all fell apart, so did Peter. Fell apart. And he denied him. He denied him to a little girl. (laughs) He denied him again. And he denied him again. And (coughs) so... Wonderful moment in here. After he's denied him. Peter replied, it's verse 60. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you are talking about. Just as he was speaking, the cock crowed. And the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. (sighs) Looked straight at him. And he realised... I've let him down. I've failed. I've denied him. I'm nothing. I've broken his heart. I've let down my best friend. I'm a failure. And he said he went out. Couldn't look anymore. He went out and he wept. He wept. His own failure. I just want to let you know that God's got to bring you to that point. Each one of us. He's got to bring you to that point. Peter went out and 
He didn't come back. Then John stayed and he went all the way to the cross. Peter just went out, gave up. Jesus died on the cross. And uh, what three days? What three days? They had to wait. And Peter was left in absolute anguish. That's a failure. I was going to be the man. I was going to build the church. And I'm an utter failure. Imagine how racked with guilt he must have felt. Three days in just the utter depths of his own heart. But God's got to lead all of us to that place where we say, oh, my way wasn't the way. I reckon he did a lot of soul searching in those three days. I reckon he thought back to when Jesus was transfigured. Thought, oh, what, what, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said, let's make three shelters. I can't believe I tried to tell Jesus what to do. And I think in the back of his mind, there would have been such guilt. I've let him down. I said I was never going to let him down. And he looked at me and he knew. And I can't even say, sorry, he's not here. I can't fix this. Pete was a fixer, wasn't he? He was always going around trying to sort everything out. And he was a place that says, I can't fix this. I can't fix my own heart. I can't shift this guilt. I can't control this situation. But God's got to bring all of us there. We've got to come via the cross, haven't we? That's the way Peter came. And uh, Peter's dreams were shattered. His plans were broken. And he must have carried such a weight for those three days. And, uh, <clears throat> and this is what I love about Jesus. Jesus hadn't let Peter go. Not at all. He hadn't let him go but he was letting him wallow in it a little bit because he had to bring Peter to this place where he was ready. And he revealed, and, and I love the fact that after these three days, he, 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 Mary goes to the tomb, doesn't she? And this is what I love about Mary. She's fantastic, isn't she? Because she'd already got to that place a long time ago. You know, she knew she was a mess and she knew everything she'd done was a mess. And uh, she'd poured herself out to him, hadn't she? She took that alabaster perfume and she just poured it all out to Jesus. She didn't try and have a plan. She just wanted to be in his presence. And she just wanted to pour herself out completely to him and let him do whatever he wanted. Peter wasn't there yet. But she was. And she went to that tomb, didn't she? And she found it empty and she believed. And uh, I love the fact that when Jesus came back, she was the first person he went to see. Because she was someone special. She was to Jesus. As you are too. And uh, but she runs back, doesn't she? And she tells the disciples, he's gone, he's risen. What's Peter going to do? He's going to carry it up, isn't he? <laughs> I'll go and have a look for myself. And off he runs with John. And uh, John outruns him and gets to the tomb. But John's a bit of a watcher. The thing I've realised about John is he's, he's been there all the way through, but he doesn't do that much. He just watches and records things and, and he gets to the tomb and uh, he just sort of waits. And, uh, Peter turns up. Well, what's Peter going to do? He barges right in. <laughs> Let me have a look. And uh, 
Because in his mind, he must have thought, if, if, Jesus is, if Jesus is alive, then I've got a chance. Because I know what he's like, and I know if I can, if I can just talk with him, I, I know we can sort it out. I know he'll forgive me. Because I know what he's like, and I've seen how many other people he's forgiven. And, there's no, and he goes away disappointed. I mean, his, his belief must be growing a bit. Maybe something could happen. And then Jesus appears to them, doesn't he, in the upper room? Wow, he must have thought, oh, he's alive. There's a chance, but he's gone. <laughs> and he appears again, but then he's gone. Uh, and, and what Peter needs is, he, he, I, you can just tell, he's itching to just, I just... I just need to talk to Jesus. Things are starting to change for Peter. He's got to the end of himself, hasn't he? He hasn't got a plan anymore. He's not got a plan anymore. All he, need, all he knows is that he needs to get to Jesus. And we'll see what Jesus can do. And I love that. Uh, and we need to get to that place. Where we say, I haven't got a plan anymore, Jesus. I just need to get to you. And uh, let's, let's, let's find out, Let, let's find them at last time. Where is it? Uh, uh, it's uh, John 21. John After Jesus appeared to his disciples by the sea of Tiberias, it happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel uh, from Cana and Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples were together. I'm going out. I'm going out to fish. Itchy Peter. Can't sit still, can he? I'm going out. I've got to do something. I've got to do something. Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But the night, uh, but that night they caught nothing. It feels like we've heard this story at the beginning, hasn't it? They've gone out in the boat and they've caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realise that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, have you any fish? No, they answered. He said, Throw your net out on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the, then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. It's him. Wow. What must have run back through Peter's mind? Everything. Everything. Yet Jesus has broke him down to absolutely nothing. And they're back to the start again, aren't they? They're right back to the start. And last time, Peter quite begrudgingly said, all right, I'll cast out the nets on the other side. Well, this time, when he realises it's Jesus, what does he do? I've lost it now. <laughs> Seven, there we go. He said, it's the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it's the Lord, he wrapped out his outer garment um, and jumped into the water. And this is it. This is the point. Where Peter was absolutely abandoned to himself. That was Peter's boat, that was. He was a captain of his boat. He'd abandoned his boat. He was captain of the band of brothers. He was captain of the church, wasn't he? He abandoned the church. And do you know what he'd also abandoned? He abandoned the fish. He'd abandoned his mission. 
You know, we can be so caught up on missions sometimes we can completely miss God. He doesn't need the fish. He doesn't need the church. He doesn't need anything apart to get to Jesus. He just needs to get there. If I can just get there, I can't wait for this boat to come in. He jumps off the boat. And uh, I think it's a great picture of how we've got to be. We've got to jump off that boat. Let that boat go. Got to make it to Jesus. And uh, he does, doesn't he? And he gets there and, and the boat comes in probably not that too far behind because... <laughs> uh, but G- oh, he was, he, you can just feel the elation in Peter when you read it. Jesus said, someone bring in the fish. And Peter jumps back on the boat and he just hauls that, all those fish off the boat himself and brings it to the beach. And uh, this is the great thing. They don't need any of those fish because Jesus already cooked some fish. You can read it. Jesus doesn't need your fish. You know, how many times has God blessed us and pulled out blessing on us and we get all puffed up about it, don't we? Look at my fish. Look at my catch. Jesus provided them. He doesn't even need them. This is what I love. Jesus meets with Peter and he has a long chat. And Jesus says to him, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And Peter knows. He knows what Jesus is saying. He's really saying, oh, I love you. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. He's pouring it out on him. It hurts, Peter. It hurts because he knows he denied him. One, two, three. And it's all washed away. No amount of hard work. At this point, everything that Peter's done in his, in his whole career with Jesus has amounted to zero. Everything. Well, once we can get to that place where we realise everything we do on our own for God amounts to zero, then we can start with him, can't we? Then we can start to move forward. Amen. And this is what I love about Jesus. He says, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. Do you know what he's saying to him? You're still going to need, Peter. I know you're a mess up. You're still my man. Even though you've been through it all. See, Peter had got to the point now where he didn't have a plan. His only plan was to ask Jesus what to do next. And Jesus had washed all that guilt away. It was all gone. And uh, Jesus, what does Jesus do? He says, right, I'm going now. Go back to Jerusalem. And they go back to Jerusalem. Uh, and, and he says, go back there and wait. Oh, that must have been hard for Peter. We know what he's like. <laughs> he would have been pacing around. <laughs> I want to do something. I want to do something. But he knew that the only plan that would ever work for him was what God told him to do. That was the only thing that was going to work. And that was the only thing that was ever going to amount to anything. And so he waited. He waited. And on Pentecost, God pours out his spirit on them, doesn't he? He pours out his Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, Peter's not running on his own steam anymore. He's not trying to pilot his own ship anymore. He's completely abandoned to God. Completely free. Not carrying any burdens anymore. Not carrying his own expectations anymore. Not carrying his own guilt anymore. Oh, he's free and he's fired up. And he goes out and preaches, doesn't he? And he preaches absolute fire. You can read it in Acts. Acts 2. He preaches absolute fire. He doesn't hold back one bit. 
He preaches the gospel in all his fullness. He's not denying Jesus anymore. And you see what God has done is he's completely destroyed Peter (laughs) and then built him up to be like him. He's got to derail you. He's got to smash you. I'm sorry, I I might not be popular. Sometimes we want to hear that, you know, and I, I, I love to share how much God loves you. But he's got to tear you apart and give you a new heart before he can do anything with you. And, uh, oh, the power of God's with Peter now. Before, every single thing he tried hard to do was powerless, wasn't it? Absolute uselessness. And he does 10 minutes of preaching and 3,000 people are saved. Rebuild me, God. Tear me down, God. Build me up like you. I've got guilt, God, take it. That's all I can say. I've been trying to steer the ship for so long, God. Sink my ship. Amen. I don't know, that's all I got. <laughs> uh, I know God wants to work in us this morning. Maybe he wants to tear us down, build us up, set us free. Come, John. Amen. I think we should respond. I want to uh, encourage us to the worship team to come and worship. Um, as Pat was preaching, I just felt that people are carrying burdens uh, of guilt and shame and all that he mentioned. I want to encourage you to come to the front, lay your burden down and worship God. Amen? So we're not, no one's going to pray for you unless you want them to pray for you. But um, as we sing, it'd be great to see people here at the front who have laid down their burdens of guilt and shame and saying, yes, Lord, build me up and make me like you. I'm going to be there. And it's a wonderful place to be where we don't need to carry our burdens anymore, our expectations. Amen. I'm going to pray. Father, we, should we stand together? Father, we respond to you. Lord, we thank you for uh, Pat's boldness to share this wonderful message Lord, and to declare, we see it in his heart, Lord, that we want to be like you. And thank you, Father, that you've come to set us free. Free from all our guilt, our shame, our burdens of worry and anxiety. Lord, or even the expectation, Lord, that, is, that we put upon ourselves or even others have put upon us. But Lord, we come and we lay it down at your feet and say, thank you, Lord. We come to worship you and make it all about you. So come and just move, Lord, with you as we sing, as we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen.